the number one question I get is, what do I do if my child will not fall asleep or stay in their bed? Because obviously those are the two things I dealt with. So it's very common. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Lost Art of Parenting. We are here to educate, entertain, and encourage you in all things parenting. We want to help you understand what you are doing and why so that you can increase the odds of raising children who are prepared for life while enjoying your job as a parent and enjoying your children along the way. My name is Jesse Mayer. I'll be your host. And we can't do the Lost Art of Parenting without the parenting guru, master herself. <laughs> Kim Cross. Thank you so much, Jesse, for that wonderful introduction. I appreciate it. You're welcome. <clears throat> so we're talking today about one of my favorite things. Chocolate? No, sleep. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> I love sleeping. Don't we all love sleeping? And unfortunately, I don't think most of us get enough, but you're not Definitely a parent. Not. So I, my guess is you're getting enough sleep. I'm, I'm, I'm a dog parent. He sometimes wakes up in the middle of the night for approximately 30 seconds. That's the same struggle that everyone else is dealing with, right? Absolutely. It's a complete parallel. Yes. Okay. Well, let's hypothetically say I was a parent and I was struggling with a child who was struggling, you know, with going to bed on time or staying asleep, things of that nature. Are, are we talking about two different things when we say bedtime and sleep or what? Are they the same in your eyes? What do you see? All my parent listeners right now are saying, oh my goodness, they are two separate things. <laughs> <laughs> so bedtime and sleep are not necessarily the same thing. And as we all know, sleep is critically important for our mental health, our physical health, our well-being, our cognitive function, just our sanity, right? Mm. But this can be one of the biggest challenges parents have. Lack of sleep is huge. And then that affects a lot of your other parenting skills because then you don't have enough sleep. So then you start making poor choices in other areas of life, right? That's right. And you get emotional more easily. You are triggered more easily. You get angry more easily. You're frustrated and everything kind of rolls downhill mm. from there. And if you're a working parent, this really has an impact. Compound drastically. Oh my goodness. It's, it's, it's absolutely insane. And to lighten the mood a little bit, I thought I'd give you a really uh, bad joke. Joke. Love so, bad jokes. It's a great bad joke. Do you know how to tell if somebody is good at sleeping? How? Because they can do it with their eyes closed. Oh, <laughs> I'm a great sleeper then. <laughs> well, I found that I was so desperate for sleep when I was a parent that I was sleeping with my eyes open. Oh my God. That sounds I, horrific. It was not fun. <laughs> it was not fun. I'll tell you, I'll give you a little background and, and make other people feel like they're not the Lone Ranger, but... I had two kids. My first child would go to sleep. He would fall asleep, mm. but he would wake up every hour or two around the clock for 13 months. Oh my gosh. I called my pediatrician. I was a child development major. I'm like, I know this isn't normal. And he wouldn't sleep during the day. He wouldn't st stay asleep at night. I tried everything. It was horrible. So I remember telling my husband at the time, I'm desperate. Just get me a hotel room. I just need one night's sleep to reset everything, mm. right? But it, I learned a lot in that process then looking back. And then, of course, I was blessed with a second child who 
would not stay in her bed. Oh so gosh. I had two non-sleepers. It was horrible. Of course, they're great sleepers now as adults. <laughs> they got it out when they were young. Oh my goodness. It, it was a, it was a lot. So I did learn a lot. And through that, I, I help a lot of clients with these sleep issues. But there are a lot of challenges to, to sleeping with kids. What are some of the biggest challenges when it comes to bedtime? Oh, my goodness. So, you know, how much sleep do we all need? Parents often ask what's normal, right? Because I was in two abnormal situations, mm. right, with two, quote, normal kids. But um, adults need around seven to eight hours. Right. I think I was getting three and four for a while. It was bad. Um, children can use up to 10 or 12 hours, depending on their age, right? And infants okay. even more. And then there's lack of routine, right? A lot of parents don't realize that having a predictable schedule and routine and things they do prior to bed have a big impact on that. Um, lack of predictability and consistency at bedtime. And then there's this natural thing called your circadian rhythm, so some people are night owls and other people are early to bed, early to rise. Which one are you? Uh, I'm usually probably more of a night owl, but my dad's definitely the opposite. He, the man's up and decides to call me on weekends when I'm supposed to be sleeping in at 4 a.m. because that's his natural <laughs> awakening time. Yes. and when, Love you, dad. Yes, love you. And when kids have a different, different circadian rhythm to their sleep routine and schedule than parents, that creates another issue. Yes, right? absolutely. Um, sleeping environment has a lot to do with things. Temperature of the room, how light it is, um, how, how um, kind of quiet or soothing or calm that it is. Um, kids not being, quote, tired. I'm not tired. I don't want to go to sleep. I heard that a lot. Uh, doesn't want to go to bed or doesn't want to stay in bed, which was my daughter. Um, bedwetting issues, fears, nightmares, even night terrors. I mean, there's a lot of things that impact our sleep, right? right? And one of the... Um, the other things can be diet, it can be exercise. It, it, there's so many factors in this, and that's why coming in and unpacking what's going on and what you're doing during the day is a big issue. So, I mean, when we talk about all of these different challenges, obviously they each of them need kind of their own, that you could probably do an hour-long podcast on each one of those challenges, right? Oh, yeah. Um, and, but that wouldn't be effective for your time or our listeners' time. So I want to kind of break down, we, you gave us this huge list of things that could be issues with bedtime. What are some general tips um, that might help solve some of these or, 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 or at least improve the circumstances of most of these. Right. What I like to tell parents is your healthy habits during the day definitely uh, impact your healthy habits at night. Okay. So what you're doing with your children during the day is definitely going to impact later on. Okay. So screen time we know has a big impact on sleep. Well, it has big impacts on adults too. I mean, mm -hmm. a lot of the studies these days tell us, you know, Make sure you're unplugging at least, what, 30 to 45 minutes before you're supposed to be going to sleep, an more, hour or something like more that. More like two to four hours yeah. prior, right? It can be hugely beneficial to your sleep cycle. So why we don't always think about that being the same for kids. Who knows, Who knows? right? Well, a lot of times parents will use screens as babysitters, right? right. Which is not a good idea. Your amount of exercise, um, your diet, the amount of fresh air you're getting outside, how much your kids are napping, um, and the big one for me is the amount of quality time that your kids have with you during the day impacts their 
their desire to go to sleep. Because if they haven't been around you a lot and haven't gotten the amount of time and affection and um, bonding and, and just being together, the last thing they want is to go to bed and not be around you again, knowing that it's all going to start again the next day. So that's a, that's a big piece. But I can help people with all these different factors, with all tweaking all the things that are happening during the day and improving diet and giving tips on a lot of things with the environment in the room and, and routine and schedule and all those things. But the number one question I get is, what do I do if my child will not fall asleep or stay in their bed? Because obviously those are the two things I dealt with. So it's very common. Right. It's not, you weren't a unique case in that fact. No, I was an extreme case, but I wasn't but unique. It, yes, correct. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think it's like, you know, everyone has all of these different ideas of what you're supposed to do. I mean, I've heard everything from just let them cry it out. I've heard, well, get them up, run them around. I've heard, I mean, I don't know. I've heard all kinds of different things and I'm not even a parent. So I'm assuming parents as a whole get all kinds of different inputs or, you know, grandma used to do this or you put a little bit of something in the drink. <laughs> or I mean, you have all these different old tricks that people have used that worked with their child. Um, but and a lot of them are bad ideas. Obviously, I think some of them are not the best ideas. <laughs> so I'm sure you have a few techniques because obviously no child is the same. And so one technique doesn't always work on everyone. But um, as kind of our parenting guru, can you give us one technique that we can maybe start with? And then if that doesn't work, obviously you've got many more in your pocket that you could share with people if they needed it. I do. So I have a, a tool chest, so to speak, of different <clears throat> techniques that I use depending on the age of the child, mm -hmm. the temperament of the child, the ability for the parents to pull this off, the time that they have, all those things. Right. Going back to one thing you said, though, Jesse, really important. We should never let a child, quote, cry it out within okay. the first two years okay. because kids who don't get their needs met, those physical, emotional needs, I'm not talking wants here, but needs will not form a healthy bond and not think that people care. And that has a lifelong in impact. So if somebody's telling you, let them cry it out, I beg to differ. It's really destructive. Okay. okay. Past a certain age, and using a slow, methodical technique to change that pattern, I can help you with that. But please, especially in that first year, year and a half, do not let them cry it out. That's that's destructive. Okay. okay. So there are three techniques that I use. There's a few more that are minor ones, but the three major ones I use. And I will unpack one of them for you because okay. this worked for me. So I ha I call it the moving bed technique. Okay. This is addressing the issue of your child will not stay in their bed. This was okay. my so daughter. So if they're not staying in their bed, they'll go to bed, but then they don't stay there. Yes. They somehow always end up in your bed or your room yes. or back downstairs where you're trying to decompress after they've gone to bed. Is that, that's the, that's the vibe we're trying to, uh, you got am it. I, am I triggering some trauma with you right now? Sorry, listeners, if this is causing you twitch, my heart rates up. No. Um, yeah, I remember this is horrible, but I remember hearing this thud and it was my daughter falling down the stairs. I mean, they were carpeted and she was safe and it was a U-turn kind of a staircase. It wasn't, right. you know, plummeting it down. It wasn't all 15. <laughs> oh my goodness. And she was never hurt, but it just, it was horrific to hear that mm. she was that desperate to come back in. And I thought, what in the world? Anyway, so what I did was I, <clears throat> I explained to her that if she was to come in our room, the deal was she couldn't wake us up. 
because I was, I was needing sleep. Mm. So I put a sleeping bag near our bed and she knew that she could quietly tiptoe in and crawl into the sleeping bag. And she knew I was right there. She saw me, she could hear me breathing. Right. Right. And she would crawl in and this helped her tremendously. And then I call it the moving bed because after a few nights I would scoot that sleeping bag just a little bit farther from our bed. Mm. A few more nights later, a little bit farther. And after a while, that security and that reinforcement and that being in the same room as us slowly started to be a little farther away. And she started, and started to- putting her in the hallway <laughs> and you put her just the back, the sleeping bags just at the foot of her bed, right? That's the eventual end process to this moving bed thing. Not that dramatic, but you're, you're on the right track. And after a while, um, she, it became more work for her to do that than to just stay in her own bed mm. because she wasn't waking me up. She wasn't getting verbal affirmation or anything. And it just wasn't as great as she thought it was, but right. she started to grow out of it and it helped quite a bit. Okay. So this moving bed technique is just one of three that you can recommend, but it's, mm-hmm. it basically breaks down to don't let them crawl into bed with you, but let them know they can come sleep in the room. You have a, a sleeping bag or, you know, some sort of thing on the floor for them to be in. And then just over time, you're slowly moving it further and further away from your bed so that it's there. You're growing that distance that they need to be in order to feel that security or or whatever it is that they feel like they're lacking in order to right. have to get out of bed to come see you. Right. And there are pretty extreme cases where kids absolutely, if they have a night terror or something, they want to crawl in bed with you, mm. but that still, that rule still stands. Yes, you can do that if you really need that, but don't wake us up. Right. And they still get what they need from that. But there's other techniques that have nothing to do with them getting out of bed or coming into your room. It's them going to sleep or them uh, staying in their bed while you're still in the room and then you leave and they stay there. Um, how to get kids to not cry and, and go to bed independently as younger children. There's a whole lot of things there. But that, again, as we always talk about, it's unique to that situation, to that child, your circumstances, how many kids you have, how much energy and time you have. Right. But there's lots of options there to get some sleep. So it's important. I mean, sleeping, as we established at the beginning of this episode, is it can drastically affect how well you parent or do your job through the rest of the day. So really identifying how to best get your sleep while also being healthy with your child and getting them sleep is super important. So you have a lot of tips and techniques that you can help unpack and mm-hmm. and customize for individual situations. If you're finding that some of these tips that Kim's already shared with us today are not working, I really encourage you to make an appointment with her because uh, if you go to rethinkparenting.com, you can get all of her contact info and, and get a hold of her to schedule an appointment because your sleep and their sleep are going to make everything else significantly easier to deal with. But when you compound lack of sleep with, you know, maybe they have some of the food issues that we talked about on the last episode or any of the other things that can sometimes pop up as a parent, that sleep will really hinder or help your ability to handle those situations. So don't suffer in silence and just turn into um, a groggy, angry person. Um, reach out to Kim. She can help you make an appointment and get the the techniques you need to succeed in not only this, but all the other things in parenting, right? Absolutely. And like I always say, invest an hour of your time. And if you invest an hour of your time, I did this recently for one of our staff members with their child. Mm. 
And within a couple of days, she called me and she said, everything has turned around and we are now getting the, the required amount of sleep that we all need. It's, cha- it's transformed our life and our household for one hour of time. Yes. It's, it's huge. So it's I huge. highly recommend it. It's critical. So thank you so much, Kim, for sharing a little bit about one of my favorite subjects, which is sleep. <laughs> and uh, thank you listeners for joining us on another episode of The Lost Art of Parenting. And we hope that you'll join us on the next one because there's so many great things that Kim has to share with us. Oh, thank Make sure you, you visit Rethink Parenting if you are in need of any assistance because Kim is here to help. I am. And I love what I do. I want to help. We'll see you on the next episode. Thank you.